You're listening to Gamers and Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, conversational podcasts about the positive impact video games have had on our lives. This is episode 7, recorded live from a hot tub in the game Grand Theft Auto Online, with special guests Dakota and DJ of Merc Clan, covering topics such as the founding of Merc, their more than gaming initiative, and a nostalgic look at the games that made them. If you'd like to support the podcast or be a guest on an upcoming episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review, and visit our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash hottubgamers. You can follow both of us on Kick at Batwolf Rose and Plaid Baron, respectively. Without further ado, here's episode seven. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Gamers in Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, episode seven. I am your co-host, Danny, a.k.a. Plaid Baron. And I am Rose. Who is going to rest her voice a little bit today, a little under the weather. She is excused, but she is here. She's vibing with us in the hot tub. So everybody, please send good vibes to Rose. Um, And we're going to wish her a very, very speedy recovery. So with us today are the two... Uh, beloved leaders of the Merc clan. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves for the audience. I guess I'll, uh, I'll run it right quick. Uh, my name is Dakota. I've been doing gaming for a long time, over 10 years, I would say. Really heavy. Done clan stuff prior to Merc. A little bit about me. Just love being uh, a, kind of somebody who can impact somebody's life. It's really important to be able to share not only a vision and a purpose but to help others find their purpose as well so just a little snippet about me i'm a young guy uh, and i'll get into that here in a little bit that you most people really don't know how old hey how old's big dog or how old's dakota he's running this group of all these amazing people and nobody really knows how young he is or his life story so hopefully we'll be able to get into that a little bit today uh, and i'll turn it over to dj hey i'm uh finrear aka DJ. I've been doing it, playing games since I was a kid. Just love people, love what I do. I uh, love using video games as an outlet to spread positivity in the world. So um, I have run an esports organization in the past and we'll get a little bit into that as well. Um, but we here are rocking in the hot tub with these two amazing people. So let's do this. Let's do this. So yeah, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about how Merc Clan got started, maybe how you two met? Like was the clan formed because you two already knew each other, or what, what's the history here? <laughs> no. So here we go. Uh, it'll, it'll be a fun ride, and I'm excited to share. This is this is going to be a story, too, of not only me and Donald, but a story of what we, we hope everybody at Merck gets the same opportunity, and really what Merck was started for, right? Uh, we spent a lot of time <clears throat> together in previous clans doing different things, just kind of like we talked about in the beginning, the casual clan, what it means to be in a casual gaming clan, just playing the game, getting on, having a group of friends just to play with. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Simple. That's what we did for 10 years or close to 10 years together uh, in kind of off and on. I met Donald playing that. He's always been a part of administration. I've always had a good, good understanding of kind of friendship with him. We had to go different ways in our lives because he got busy, I got busy, but we've always been friends, right? We've never let that, uh, whether it be gaming or whatever, never let any of that kind of cloud what we're doing. Merc Clan really started 
from making everlasting relationships key. Merclan started focusing on kind of mine and Donald's relationship of, hey, we've known each other for 10 years. Nothing's changed. Why can't other people have the same opportunity that we had at having friendships that last years and years that really impact and change their life? Uh, so I'll allow Donald to elaborate on our, our story just a little bit as well. Yeah, so Dakota and I had met each other um, in Black Ops 2, playing COD, just running it. They recruited me to an old clan that we were a part of. And I remember just getting those lobbies. And like back in the Black Ops 2 days, like you could really grind COD, calling cards, skins, just having fun with your friends. And we'd sit in lobbies for hours. It got to the point where we'd sit in lobbies and we weren't even really playing the game, if that makes sense. We were all just kind of just chilling there talking. And then there was times where Dakota would, him and I would just be in a lobby together and he would just be sharing his heart and the stuff that he's going on at home, which I'm sure he'll elaborate on, you know, his background and where he came from. Kind of turns to that, right? So instead of playing the game, we're just sitting in lobbies, just just talking and became friends, right? I've known him for 10 years and it's become more than a friendship. He's like, he's my brother. He's my younger brother. I consider him my younger brother. And then he just kind of hit me up one day and was just like, hey, I got, I got this gaming clan, you know, to run people and COD and, and have fun and kind of the old school feel, right? Like kind of what you were talking about, um, Danny, where you're, you have a gaming clan and you, there's kind of friends getting online and playing stuff like that. And, and we'll go more into how Merc clan, you know, grew and stuff like that, but it's kind of started out like that and it's turned into what it is now, which is amazing. So that is so cool. So it's, it started out casual and became a little more pro as you guys dug into it. So you, you said you met on Blops 2 you guys still like Call of Duty focused or have you branched out from that series into other areas? I would say that we are, our base would be Call of Duty. I, I don't think that we really gear anything toward any game specifically. Merclan as a whole, there's so many opportunities. There's no game that I don't think anybody really doesn't play. Uh, there's always somebody to play with at Merclan. That's one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on, having people and having a group to play with, whether it be uh, Call of Duty, whether it be Minecraft, whether it be GTA, whatever, you name it. Uh, there's usually somebody who plays it. And so that's that's one thing that's really exciting about what we do. I personally, uh, still heavy Call of Duty. Uh, when GTA 6 comes out, I'll be heavy into that uh, and just kind of just hanging out. I'll have some party games like Among Us and different things that I play with our members from time to time. Yeah, I, I would say, like you said, our, our base and our roots are always going to be COD, right? Because that's kind of where we started at. Like Merck started out literally just as a COD clan. Um, and then one day... Dakota and I were talking about it because I had, like I said, I had owned an esports team. Not very, it wasn't a very big esports team, but I had like kind of um, experience in that. And, and it's, it's cool to look back and think about it because we had to go our separate ways to learn the things that we needed to learn just to kind of come back and do it all together, right? We have people that um, our administration and Merck that was with us 10 years ago. Um, and we all went our separate ways and somehow we all came back together, which is really crazy to me. As we expanded, we're, we got obviously more people in that play other games. Um, stuff like that and and it's it's amazing right because we didn't want to just focus on cod because so many other teams do that right um you put yourself in a small niche which basically is like you can't reach people because like really our goal is to reach people and change lives um and if you put yourself in a niche to where you're kind of just playing cod and on top of that hardcore tedium it's a really, really small niche, so we kind of made the decision to transfer into an org so that way we could reach more people um, in that aspect and send a positive light into the gaming industry, which it so desperately needs. And obviously we'll get more into that as well, but it's just hanging out with people and having fun and spreading positivity and having fun, having fun in gaming that 
Um, we had a lady that was talking to us the other day. It's like, I didn't realize how much gaming really impacts people. You know, video games will rot your brain out. You know, my grandma always <laughs> tell me, you'll never go anywhere in video games. You know, and it, it's like, she didn't realize that was my escape, right? That was my escape from not just reality, but just life in general, right? It was a time where I could get on, not worry about things that that's going on at school or being bullied or, you know, all these different things, right? It was just kind of like, I get on and be myself and I have to really worry about it about people bullying me and stuff, right? Um, and it's turned into this and it's just, I think it's a good outlet. It's a good outlet. We're changing people's perspective on what gaming is. Gaming can be used to change lives just like anything else in the world. What we do, so we, we don't just focus on COD. We, we have so many different people that play different games. Um, some games I've never heard of, right? So we have people that play indie games. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what that game is, but it sounds awesome. You know, <laughs> maybe I need to try it. I was going to say, that gives me goosebumps to like here. We were kind of talking about that last week because I do hair and I had a guest actually ask me like, if I thought that playing video games made me feel stupid, but you sitting here and saying that like you have this organization and like you want to change lives and like video games help people unwind and like it's mental health. It helps support our mental health. It's different. We don't have a different vice of going and doing, going out and drinking or doing drugs. And this is our addiction that helps us cope with things. And you're right, like the positivity you guys are spreading, it really does change lives and make people feel more confident in themselves to have a clan backing them like that. Yeah. That's one thing that's unique about our, our whole 2024 thing that we've got going, which is hashtag more than gaming. It really shines a light on what it means to be not only a gamer, but just an individual who's looking to get into gaming. You you see so many of these stigma, whether it be females in the industry, whether it be older people in the industry or young kids in the industry. As a whole, those three categories are really kind of put on the back burner or, or not, not even sometimes put on the back burner, but kind of belittled because of either age, whether it be young or whether it be old. The old stigma being, oh, we're going to go out here. You guys need to be at work. You guys need to be providing for your family doing this, A, B, and C. You shouldn't be gaming. Gaming's for kids. And then the other hand, you have the audiences who say, oh, you shouldn't be on the game. You're too young. You're too, you're too young to play the game. And then you have, you know, the stigma against female gamers, whether it be guys trying to hit on females or, or just the old saying of, is that, a, is that a gamer girl or is that a female gamer? You know, those things we want to change. That's why hashtag more than gaming is our motto for 2024. And we're going to hopefully try to change and shine a little bit of light on this billion trillion dollar industry we call gaming. Uh, and hopefully we can start here at Merck. I, I absolutely love that mentality. Y'all are amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> Games, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a trillion dollar, close to it, you know, multi at least multi-billion dollar industry now. And especially, like, not only does everybody play games, but we're entering an era where everybody makes games. I'm a game developer myself, and, you know, I can tell you the tools have never been easier to access or learn. You can pick up an engine like Unreal completely for free. And you can use all these tools that Epic Games have made completely for free. Hell, some of Epic's tools are used right here in Grand Theft Auto as well, even though this is an Unreal engine. So it's never been easier to, to make games and especially to play games. Everybody's a gamer nowadays. Anybody who treats other gamers as inequal in some way, like... They're a little behind the times, if you ask me. And it really doesn't matter who you are. You know, you have a Steam account, you have a Rockstar account, or an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Switch. Even on your phone, like, games are everywhere. Everybody games in some capacity, even if it's just solitaire. Like, it counts. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And, and so one thing, one thing to kind of touch on that, it, you know, we have in our Discord, Merc Mindful, and it's a category in our Discord where it talks about mental health and different outlets, whether it be financial, whether it be food assistance, different things inside of our Discord with links to professional help. Uh, that's important to us, not only at Merc, but just as people in general. I couldn't tell you, and this will get into my story a little bit. I don't mean to kind of go on a tangent, but it's it's important. It's important for you guys to hear and for everybody else listening to hear how important gaming truly is that you don't understand what's happening behind the screen in somebody's life. I was a young kid, uh, 13 years old, playing the game, getting in there, uh, leading a group of 40-year-old men who were on the game from 20 to 40, and I was leading that group as a 13-year-old kid living at home in a drug-riddled home, kind of an abusive home and environment. Uh, thankfully, fast forward to today, I'm a very successful young man, and statistically speaking, if you go by statistics and what the world wants you to be, I should be in jail or somewhere far away not being successful, but you can't live life looking at the stat line. You cannot live life looking at the numbers consistently. If you do that, it's going to drive you crazy and you're going to fall victim to the statistic. That's why I tell a lot of our streamers and a lot of people here at Merck, it does not matter. The numbers do not matter. Turn your count off. It, it really doesn't matter. Just support each other, love each other, because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what your goal should be to help somebody else behind the screen have a better day with not only just having a smile, but maybe just impacting their life and helping them get through a, a struggle. Uh, we know a lot of people who are recovering addicts who have like, hey guys, you guys helped me get through this process in my life that I didn't know was possible because of your kindness and love. And so it's, it's really unique and we have so many good stories and I'm sure I'm gonna allow Donald to elaborate on a lot of that because he can share some of those things too. It, it's just so unique, the testimonials that we have that we don't get to share. We don't really get to share a whole lot of that stuff because it's on a, on a real personal level, but it's it's just so amazing, so amazing. Yeah, so we some of the stories that we have are, are incredible. We have a streamer duo of, it's a dad and son, right? At first, they really hesitant to join Merck because he was like, hey, my son's, you know, 11. They stream together. That's like, that's kind of like their thing that they, they want to do together. His son loves streaming. His son loves, you know, gaming. And uh, they're hesitant to join Merck at first because like, hey, do you guys have like a age requirement and stuff like that? We're like, not really, man. Um, as long as, because he was, he was saying that his son's you know, 11. I'm like, as long as he's mature for his age and, you know, loves gaming, we we're glad to have him, you know, because I remember playing with Dakota at 13 years old. Like I've known him like since he was 13 and just sitting in those lobbies and him telling me what's going on at home, um, stuff like that. And not really taking his age into account. Like he's 13 years old and he's leading this clan of, you know, 75 people. He sounds like a whole grown person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause his voice hasn't changed. So for a 13 year old to lead a group of people like that and, and show kindness and caring, even in the midst of what's going on at home, um, was incredible. So when we had, when we had them join us, I was like, Hey, you want to be a part of the stream team? Cause our stream team, um, it's kind of like, like our top content creators, right? Not saying that we, we judge anybody by their numbers or whatever. Cause we have people on there that, you know, average one person, we have people on there that average, you know, 20 people, but at the same time with Merclan being also a business, we do want to put out, um, the best content. Like that's, that's what we are, right? We, we make content for people to enjoy it. I was like, Hey, why don't you guys come on onto the stream team? Because I want people to see that you can have a father and son relationship, um, and do something together that you enjoy. Cause I didn't have my father in my life. Um, I, I was raised with my grandmother struggled a lot. I remember there was times where I'd, I, my grandmother didn't know this, but I would look out the, you know, my bedroom door and she's sitting at her table crying. Cause she doesn't know how she's going to feed me the next week. But you know, you just, just watching your parents sit there at a table crying because she doesn't know how she's going to feed you. And then you have a, a drug riddled dad who's like coming and trying to hit her up for money. Um, not even wanting to come see me, you know, like it's rough. 
is is really really rough and i and i wanted to have somebody on our team that represented that like you can be a father and son and do something together that you both enjoy and the cool thing about them is that's not even his real dad right it's his wife's son but he's taken like he's known him since he was little so that's yeah. that's his dad right that's his, and he considers him his son so like they want to do that together to just show the world that you can do this together and we brought them on and they're basement flooded and that's where all their streaming stuff is their graphics card their power supply everything kind of got busted out my wife and i we we were in the process of building our pcs and we we had a a very nice uh spare power supply and we were like hey you know what you pay the shipping we'll send it to you and he he was blown away he's like are you kidding me nobody's ever done that you don't want me to pay for it or anything we're like no just pay shipping we'll you know get it to you blown away blown away we ended up going and we ended up paying for the shipping he's like how much are you we're like don't even worry about it you know what we want you guys to do together what you enjoy doing together which is making content yeah i bet the shipping was like less than 20 bucks so it's like whatever just get gaming <laughs> yeah and it and it blew them away though that there's somebody in the world that's giving them something that's really expensive and not expecting anything in return and <laughs> it's so cute because uh, his son now is like, because we sent our, our streamers contracts and stuff. Got it in and man, he, his son saw that. He started crying. He started crying. He's like, dad, all the work that we've been putting in, we finally are being recognized. And just for him to hear his son say that, man, touched his heart. Like he sent us a huge letter over Discord, like how much that means to, meant to him. See, what's crazy to me about this whole thing is this is not the first kind of story that I've heard about gamers helping out other gamers, whether it's like in the streaming community or Mm. gaming clans or just a bunch of friends like coming together, doing good deeds. Games bring people together better than any other form of entertainment in history. And yet the art form still gets a bad rap and people still think like, oh, you know, don't you feel mm-hmm. stupid for playing games or, oh, don't video games rot your mind or, or all that. It's like, no, as a matter of fact, you're going to find better friends playing games than you ever have doing anything else. Yep. I think what causes some of that stigma too is these quote unquote support for support communities. Oh yeah. That's not what we are. That's not what we do. We are not a support for support. Follow for follow. <laughs> yeah, that's that that right there really what is the substance behind that, right? I'm gonna follow you, you're gonna follow me, and we're gonna go about our days and we're just gonna move on. That is that mm-hmm. is a terrible business model, not only on the business side of things, but just as a person. You might as well just pay for some bots at that y- point. Right, exactly. You know, and so that's that's one thing that we, we try to hit on a lot, you know, and just kind of in transition. There is no reason that you should be doing a whole lot of this support for support stuff because there's no real substance to it right and and some of them are great some of them really do try to support and their hearts are in the good for it but a lot of times it ends up being the same old story of i'm gonna hang out i'm gonna hit you with a follow and i'm gonna not gonna talk to you for two three weeks that's just not us and so we want to make sure that our people here at merc especially our streamers and the people who are looking to get into content have that comfortable transition because some it can be very daunting right for some it's very challenging and and they really struggle with it so we try to build a good platform that supports them in that and we ask our members hey if you like the content like it if you don't then then you don't have to like it right that's your choice yeah enjoy the content that you're going to be uh in taking there's always like plenty of choices in content like if you don't like what one streamer is doing you know there's 10,000 others exactly go check out and you know whether it's in the clan or out of the clan like you never know who you're gonna discover in the midst of all of this like whether it's kick or twitch youtube uh trovo you you never know where you're gonna find somebody that you're just like okay i i like their attitude i like their gameplay they're funny 
oh how they've got a good music playlist going on <laughs> in the background i follow a couple streamers just for that yeah i mean obviously also their mentality and whatnot but they've got like great classic rock or mm -hmm. like synthwave playlists going on in the background and i'm like i really dig this and this is <laughs> you know good music to work to right. and they're funny so yeah definitely keeping them up streaming is such a weird phenomenon mm -hmm. in the world right now the way that it is bringing people together and building communities and helping share the good vibes of games. And I, I definitely respect that you guys are trying to do that, that same thing with your tight-knit community and, and branching out and making sure that it stays real mm -hmm. on top of all that. And it's not just like a generic support for support kind of community well you hit the nail on the head kind of when you're talking about you just never know like just going out there and seeing you never know what you're going to come across or whatever it's the same concept that just happened recently here at Merck when we signed professional wrestler JT Dunn uh, he actually was in Merck for a few months just in our discord lurking watching watching us on socials he had big opportunities and and kind of offered money to go play and do things other with other organizations and the reason he chose Merck was because we are true to who we are with our heart and liked our content we didn't ask and we didn't go out there and try to solicit or do anything like that it's just people who see your content and and enjoy it and really see hey their heart is in the right place they're going to come the followers and the number that's why i say the numbers don't matter those things will come if you just stay true to who you are and continue the grind and put in the, the hard work that really anything that you do in life it, it comes with great success. It takes a lot of hard work and passion and dedication. You have to have that in this industry, especially. Let's face it, uh, celebrity endorsement never hurts anything. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and the cool thing about, we, we call him Johnny, right? Because his his story is really cool, too. He He's just looking in, to get into gaming and being who he is because he's been wanting to do it since he was a kid. And he's established himself. Um, he, he's done what he, he's needed to do in the wrestling industry. And he's like, you know what? I think it's time to try to do something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. Part of our whole entire thing is like, we believe in people and their dreams. Like for me personally, I like, I like being a launching pad for people. Um, I like to be the person that's like, you know, somebody has a thousand viewers now and they're like, they're killing it. And they can look back and be like, man, I got my start with Merc Clan because they believed in us. Like they believed in me and like my vision and what, what I wanted to do for my dreams. Right. That's personally like what I like. I'm um, hearing those success stories and being that launching pad for people and just believing in, in their dreams. A lot of people nowadays don't believe in other people's dreams. They believe in their own dreams, right? Which isn't a bad thing, right? But at the same time, I feel like it's more fulfilling when, you, when you're helping somebody fulfill their dreams because at the end of the day, that's a friend that you make. And that's that's also exactly. helping hands. Honestly, in my experience, it really never hurts to scratch somebody's back first. Right. Exactly. What you're doing now is, you know, probably very small compared to what you're going to be doing in the future. Mm -hmm. And so if you can help out a bunch of people on the way, when you have something that is just huge that you really, truly believe in and you've built up that support network by helping out others along the way. Now you have people that you can reach out to and say, hey, I'm starting this kind mm -hmm. of thing up. I'd really love your help with it. Yeah. And they know you're real and they'll say, you know what? Yeah, I can I can give you some time. Show me what you got. Yeah. And I also like it's not just about like helping people get their goals, but also being very proud of them when they do get their goals and not feeling like they're outshining yeah. you or like you should try to pull them down because they're succeeding better than you. It's also being like, oh my God, I'm so proud of my friend mm -hmm. for making it here. Like, look at them go too. But, and that's yep. huge. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love. It's enormous. That's what I love. 
I love being able to, because I, I have a few um, streamers who I've watched since they had 10 followers and they're now partnered on Twitch and we're on panels at TwitchCon and stuff like that. And it, I, I take so much joy in seeing them succeed, right? I've never been about like, what can I get out of this if I become this person's friend, right? I've always been that person that's like, man, look at my friend go. You know, that's so awesome that I could be a part of that journey. And at the same time, learning. Learning while, while I'm going on this journey with them. And I, I love learning, so it's kind of like knowledge is awesome to me. Knowledge is power and is, is the key to everything, right? People think that money is, it's not, it's knowledge, which is a great thing. It's a great thing that I love seeing people succeed. Exactly. Like, it's a good feel when you succeed yourself, mm-hmm. But personally, I've always loved helping others succeed and being a part of their journey even more Mm -hmm. than just like me always being in the driver's seat and like, no, I want to see where everyone else wants to stop on the way. You know, like, (laughs) what do you want to get for lunch? What what sights do you want to see on the way? (laughs) Life is a road trip. Everybody plays their part in a road trip, whether you're driving, whether you're keeping everyone awake choosing the playlist bringing the snacks you got the ox cord yeah Let's exactly go. like like what is your role in life's road trip and i just love taking that journey with others so seeing what you guys are doing with merc i can see a whole lot of the same mentality what does it usually take for you guys to bring on a new member like what do you look for in people I would say the biggest thing is character, right, and the heart. You have to have a parallel story or parallel mindset, and not everybody. Right? When you start having six, seven hundred people, or even six, seven thousand, or six, seven hundred thousand, it's the same. Everybody has different personalities. Nobody's really the same. You're gonna have different people that like different things, that think differently. So the biggest thing that we look for is: Are you going to be just a genuine human being, right? Are you out to help somebody that's next to you succeed? Uh, whether it be just kind of talking with them, helping them out where they're going through a bad time or whatever they have going on in their life, being that light, right? Being that light is what we look for. We try to scan socials. We do a really good job with our director of operations, Miss Sassy. She does a really, really good job of going and kind of combing through these applications that we have. Sometimes we have, we've had upwards of 100 at one time uh, when we, we check them. We check them every few weeks. So it, it's definitely a lot to go through. So we definitely appreciate her for that. And like I said, kind of just scanning socials, making sure there's nothing crazy, nothing derogatory. It's pretty easy to determine those people from from the ones who are really, really going to be impactful in what we're trying to build. Yeah, we always we have a saying in Merkland, we know nothing about anything, you know, <laughs> so we 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 take people as they as they are. We're in my my philosophy is we're all broken people. Everybody's broken in some way. Right. But the cool thing about broken things is you can put broken glass together and make an amazing art piece. Yeah. You can br- take broken people and put them together and make something amazing. You know, and say, hey, it's okay to be broken. We're, we're doing something amazing, even though we are broken yeah, people. But, and there's cultures out there that, what, they put broken pieces back together with gold. And, like, you guys have this community that can help mm-hmm. that, you know, and almost put yep. people back together with gold, if you want to say it like that. But, God, that almost made me cry. Because you're right. Everybody has gone through life <laughs> and has had things happen or trials that they've had to go through. And, like, you can't do it alone. You really, really can't. No. So having some sort of support system like that is just incredible. And it, it's hard to find because you can't trust people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust is tough. And and it, which is a sad thing, right? You were saying humans are designed to, to do life together. Um, that's just who we are. Um, even if you're introvert or extroverted, you still have those people that are close to you that you love hanging out with. Um, you have family that you love to hang out with and be together and, and do life together. Our culture, I feel like, is kind of switching to the thing where everybody's isolating themselves, right? 
I've seen teenagers sit across the table from each other, texting literally each other instead of just putting their phone down, just having a real conversation face to face, right? I feel like it's a very isolated world out there because everybody's, it, it comes to the point where you don't trust people, right? Um, you'd be afraid to walk to, to a grocery store nowadays um, and stuff like that, which is, is sad to me. You know, I, I grew up where I knew my next door neighbors. They would bring, you know, apple pies over. Like we'd do dinner together sometimes with our neighbors and, and stuff like that. And everybody loved my grandmother because she like we didn't have a lot of stuff, but she always baked our new neighbors a pie. And you know, I'd have to go. She's like, don't go run this over to them. I'm like, all right, grandma, I'll go do it. You know, so it's she kind of taught that to me, like love everybody. Love everybody for where they're at. Um, everybody has different stories. Everybody has different backgrounds and where they come from. And just be you and just love people. You know, that golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, right? That's kind of my philosophy in life that I've gone through. And yeah, it's got me burned a couple of times, right? So it's with just being the world that we are, it, people will take advantage of people who who believe in people. I said people. <laughs> well, because there's a lot of people, you know? There's a lot of people, you know? Um, but at the same time, I haven't let that callous my heart. I still believe in people to this day that I, I don't. My dad was a drug addict. My I watched my whole entire family give up on him. I was the only one that showed up when he was in hospice, not able to talk to to say goodbye to him. You know, and I I, I don't give up on people um, because I know my dad had a huge heart, and drugs kind of changed that. And I didn't let that skew my my view of him. Even though I didn't have a very good relationship with my dad, I was the only one that showed up to say goodbye to him. You know, which is really really rough. Um, my dad. Before getting into drugs, he he had a very successful business, and he because he had a lot of money, he had a lot of friends, and I put it in quotations, right? He ended up getting shot twice and losing his whole entire business, getting addicted to drugs, and not one of those friends came and visited him in the hospital except for one. It really hardened his heart towards people, but I, I knew who, who my dad was deep down. So I, I don't give up on people easily. Damn. Yeah, this is easily turning into one of the most inspirational chats I think we've had on the show yet. Like, Rose, I'm, I'm sure you agree that, like, this is just the kind of correct vibe all around. Like, you, you're coming from hardship, but, you know, you found a way through, and you want to find ways to make everyone else's life better no matter what they're going through as well. I think that's that's really the, the big takeaway here. It's amazing to hear that and to hear, like, you guys have had this this rough life before you've gotten to where you you are and you're spreading so much positivity and revolution. <laughs> I'm like sitting here in tears because like so many people give up on people when they go through things like that or they experience something that hard and they don't trust people they don't want to love again because they've been hurt so hard but you're showing that like you you can mend that and you can show love again and you can trust again and it's just incredible and extremely inspiring, even if we're not in this like gaming world or streaming world, just in life in general, that's inspiring. Thank you so much for being so open with us and sharing all that. It's it, That's not easy to share, I don't think, um, but we wow. appreciate you doing that. Oh, for sure, for sure. First real game, I would say, would be Black Ops 1. So Call of Duty, that's kind of where it all started. <laughs> Just being able to really, really share uh, a little bit of that story is going to be kind of interesting, too. That game right there, it's really not the game itself that, for me, that helped change my life. It was the people that I was able to surround myself with at a young age that helped me get through that kind of riddled, broken home that we talked about earlier. It, it really, the game 
is fun. It was great, and it, and it played a part, right? I, it was such a nostalgic game. Even to get to go back and play it now on, on different platforms because they've kind of remastered it or have opened it back up to cross-platform stuff, the game itself didn't play as much part as the people did that I played with and I got to interact with on a regular basis. But Black Ops 1 definitely was my, my starting point and one that I remember and wish I could play it more often. Uh, sadly now, in today's time, it's it's gotten to the point where there's too many people on there kind of cheating and all that stuff, so it's not as fun to play, but it definitely was a, uh, a great start, great entry-level game for me to get into the, uh, the gaming scene. Nice. Um, I would say my real first game that I heavily got into was... N64, GoldenEye, 007. Yeah. God, that game. <laughs> I know it's cliche to say, but best pause music ever. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And it, it's funny because, like, we spent a whole summer, like, um, I would travel up to Canada. Some of my family live in Canada. And I would travel up there. And we spent literally the whole entire summer, all four of us on the screen with split screens, just straight playing 007 GoldenEye. And we had a rule nobody was able to use odd job because <laughs> um, it's kind of like a cheat <laughs> character. <laughs> so... So that's kind of what impacted me the most is having that time with my family and, and being able to play that game with them. And then it just kind of grew from there, right? Banjo-Kazooie. Then I moved to, I, I'm an Xbox guy. I did have a PlayStation at one point, but I just I just love Xbox. It's kind of like that old school, which one's better, Xbox or PlayStation? Nowadays, I'm like, well, PC. PCs. Race. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying. So then I got into um, Xbox and Call of Duty really kind of stood out like, more in my years of like gaming i i would get on the game just grind it out gave me something to focus on i love final fantasy uh, final fantasy 7 was one of my top games of all time when mm-hmm. i did have a playstation so I what do you think it. of the remake i haven't been able to play the remake oh my god i i know i know <laughs> i wanted i wanted so, so i was catching up with my oldest best friend uh just the other day i've known him since i was two or three and i'm 37 now so you, you want to talk about brothers like wow mm-hmm. he and i both played ff7 back in 97 yeah, he was telling me that Remake is, like, absolutely incredible, that it's not only the original game, but expands on it so much and does some, like, weird branching narrative <laughs> things that kind of make fun of players who take FF7 so seriously. Oh, and I'm like, no. okay, that's really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, but I can't wait to see what they do with the next one. Oh, it looks so good. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. I, my nostalgic game is going to be really crazy. You guys might not have heard of it, but we'll wait till I, that question mm-hmm. comes up. So I'm excited. I don't know if y'all know. I play Final Fantasy XIV. I'm a big Final Fantasy person, and it's rare that I actually get to talk to somebody that plays Final Fantasy. Most of the time, I'm explaining what Final Fantasy is. So this is kind of cool. I like geeking out. <laughs> I love it. I love I love Final Fantasy. It, like, and for me, I'm I have really like I'm very creative, right? And so when I watch the art that they do in that game, it just blows me away. Final Fantasy has always been known for its cutscenes. Their cutscenes are incredible. Like the colors and and just watching it like unfold on screen is just incredible. And I feel like I'm in a I'm in a legit story. You know, that's what that's what captures me is like when I'm in a game and I feel like I'm in a story. Mm. So the clan is obviously like multiplayer based, but you personally, do you prefer single player? Then would you say? Uh, I'm I'm a mix. You're a mix. I'm I'm a, I'm a mix, right? So I enjoy multiplayer games because like I love that person aspect of it, but I love my story based games. Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same way myself. Definitely a mix. Like I love doing uh, multiplayer stuff and having a laugh with friends but sometimes it can be a little overwhelming 
and the coordination can be a pain. So I'm like, you know what? I just want to sit down and replay Max Payne or something. I love Max Payne. It's such it a good really game. is. Oh my god! And uh, I just want to throw out a um, a subtle congratulations to the Remedy team for Alan Wake Two and all the recognition that that's been getting lately. Like, wow. I was a pretty big fan of the original, and I'm excited to check out the sequel at some point. I'm telling you. <laughs> so in terms of the influence your original games have had on you, so like Black Ops, that kind of goes without saying, because here you are running Merc Clan now, and you have, what, how many members at this point? Uh, it, it just, I guess it varies. We probably have over 300 active, like fluid all the time members, and then probably somewhere around five, 600, somewhere in that ballpark of uh, people who are just a part of the Discord, just a part of what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of, a lot of kind of uh, members who obviously have things that happen in life, and, and they come back every so often, who aren't able to just play and be as active as as much as they would like to, but when they do come back from the stresses and the trials of life, they have a home to come back to, and that's murder. That is awesome. And so, of course, the clan wouldn't be here without Black Ops. Yeah, definitely kind would not. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't learn a lot of things in life, not just not Merc. Put Merc on the back burner for a second. Life in general, <laughs> Dakota as a human being, I would say, wouldn't be here without Black Ops. Yeah. Uh, same same for me like the black ops like i said really opened up to multiplayer games for me and and making friends and you know really making those everlasting relationships i wouldn't be here either if it wasn't for that you know um i'd probably be running a a store as a as a manager somewhere you know and not not enjoying what i i love doing you know well i mean just because you're running a store doesn't mean you don't enjoy it but like it's different yes yes Yep. A kind of depends on the store. B location, location, location. But you know, it's a it's a different passion. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. I definitely get that and all. But I I get what you're saying. The influence behind your original games, like you you keep it with you, and no matter what you mm-hmm. do in life, whether it's your job or your creativity or anything really, like that just makes you who you are. So, somebody here, tell us a story about gaming that's going to hit us right in the nostalgias. Now, for instance, we already talked about Goldeneye, but I, I bet there's even more that's, that's going to make us go like, oh my god, the good old days. <laughs> I really don't have anything that, me <laughs> personally, I don't, I was kind of, that was it for me. You know, there was really like Black Ops 2, maybe Black Ops 2 was such a good game, but you know, you have to really kind of come from that Call of Duty world and, and scene of like, okay, that really, really was like the, the, the peak of where Call of Duty was at for me at the time. And I think still is, I think that's such an underrated, it's a really good game and the ratings are great on it and people love it, but I still think even with all of that kind of being thrown at it, I, I still think it's underrated because of how far ahead of its time it was um you know we talk about like the map on that game nuketown 2025 we're just a year out from that you know and so it's really oh really cool really cool because how, <laughs> how futuristic they had it you know with cars that could like fly potentially and stuff like that and and we're we're a year away from that so pretty cool stuff there so that would be my nostalgia game if i had to pick one i don't know how comforting it is to think that we're a year out from nuketown 2025 though <laughs> Was about to there's say there's that. a lot of implications for that. I feel like they're trying to be out here be the Simpsons. You know? <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to predict the future. <laughs> I think my, my nostalgia is coming home and opening Legends of Dragoon and having a four-disc game. And you're, you're having to change the discs out and then memory cards. Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, when you would play like Madden and like your sports games or any fighting games or anything, and you'd have like your stuff saved on a memory card, and you'd take it over to your friend's house, like, yo, come, come chill, play computer games with me, and you'd have to take that memory card with you, else you'd have nothing. All your stuff would be gone. So I think Legend of Dragoon though is for sure one of my nostalgic games because it's such an amazing game, and I want them to remake it so bad. Because mm-hmm. um, I think nowadays the remake would be incredible so i think nostalgic for me it would be that is coming home waiting at school waiting to be able to go home and just play that game right you be sitting there watching the clock at school and it seems like it's dragging by you're like yo i just want to get on the bus get home grab a snack and then just play legend dragoon that's oh, it i <laughs> you know? i seriously miss those days of like being away from my games and then being like, I want to see where this story goes, or I want to, yep. you know, hop on Unreal Tournament with the with the boys and just you know do some <laughs> silly shit all day long. Like, <laughs> like there's for real, ah, just the the separation that you have as a kid to mm-hmm. to wanting to get back to your games, like that is mm-hmm. highly nostalgic to me. Um, one other thing for me is uh, Halo, when you do the LAN parties, the old school LAN uh-huh. parties. So somebody would bring over like the box and then you each had your own Xbox and then you just have one central location in the house and you had to have your own screen because you you, can't, you don't want to like tell somebody they're screen peeking. So you'd all bring your own Xboxes, hook it up to the to the network router and then that's it. You're just, you're straight having a LAN party and having fun. Go into wee hours in the morning, you know, order pizza and just, just sitting there hanging out with everybody and like you'd win a match and you just hear everybody open their doors <laughs> and just start yelling down the hallway at each other and then just slam their oh, doors yeah. after that, you know. It's such a, it's such a great time. I mentioned this in a previous episode but the LAN parties that I would do for Halo back in high school, uh, I had this friend who had a pretty big house, and each room had its own computer in it. So this was the original PC Halo, which was not a good port, but it worked well enough to get the LAN party going. So we would all be in separate rooms of the house, and then just like screaming at each other, jumping up and down on the floor to, you know, do a taunt. <laughs> Whenever we got a kill or captured the flag or whatever, man, Blood Gulch. Those those were the good old days. The Halo creative mode when you create things, you create your own little maps and stuff. It's so fun. Forge. Yep. Listening to you guys mention like memory cards and stuff. Did any of y'all play Sonic on Dreamcast? Oh yeah. Like you had what were those little creatures Whoa. that you raised and like on the memory? They were on the memory card. Were those Chows? Yes. On the memory yes. card. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Child, I yep. thought that was like so cool and magical and I was so sad when Dreamcast kind of <laughs> imploded but like mm. that was like the coolest freaking memory card ever that it was, was so such a unique technology yeah. to have this just yeah. like it, its own little gaming system inside the gaming system and it's never been done mm-hmm. again. No, and it's it never such a turned shame. into anything. Like I'm surprised that we never wrapped back around to something like that. I mean, nowadays it wouldn't be realistic, but the closest you can probably get was like that era of companion apps. Like, so even GTA Five had the companion app where like you could walk, chop the dog in in the single player game, and then I think that's off the Play Store now, and developers have kind of given up mm-hmm. on the idea of the companion app. But that's that's sort of the closest you can get to what that was. I just love Crazy Taxi. Oh my god, I love Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Especially in arcades. That wheel has absolutely no friction to it. So you can just slam that thing left and right going all over the place. Oh my god. Uh, you know they're making a new one. I did not know that. That's awesome. Uh, got announced at the Game Awards. Sega had this very fast-paced video, so you have to pause and, and see what they're doing in there. But... 
Uh, there was footage of a new Crazy Taxi, new Golden Axe, new Jet Set Radio. They are bringing back tons of their old properties. I'm pretty excited to see where that all goes. A new Dreamcast? Oh, <laughs> I wish. Actually, like speaking as a developer, Dreamcast, one of the most interesting opportunities for indie console development right now, I would think. Because the original Dreamcast was so easy to sort of hack and pirate and like even put your own games on. If Sega mm -hmm. were to create a similar device nowadays, obviously more powerful, but that had that sort of open development mentality to it, sort of embrace the piracy that Dreamcast had in a way that, <laughs> you know, benefits creators. Wow, you could see something really magical spring up with that. Yeah, even like a system almost like focused on indie mm -hmm. games, right? I mean, you have PC, right? But like a console that focuses on that indie development. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been tried before, like with Ouya and such, but stuff like that just ends up being <laughs> very weak and indie developers are usually just like, I'll just stick to phones. <laughs> is, I think it would be more of nostalgic sake, right? Yeah. So it'd be more of like a, you know, man, this is kind of cool, you know, but it'd probably be a flash in the pan, you know? It could be, so. but it depends on how well they end up supporting it. It's all up in the air. It's all hypothetical. It's just something I would love to see and that I would definitely make games for. Facts. Let's go. Console <laughs> development is still so convoluted, complicated, and you mm -hmm. have so many levels of checks that you have to go through before you can even push a push a patch out versus pc it's like mm -hmm. well fix this bug i'll just go upload it for everybody with mm -hmm. xbox it's like yeah we need to recertify your entire game before we'll push this out and that'll take about three months it's like yeah but this is broken and we need to fix it people are getting mad at me <laughs> please for the love of god social media is coming after me can't handle it anymore my community manager quit but Dreamcast was an era. It's it's really good to see Sega reapproaching some of those old those old titles. So there'd been some some like sort of leaks or rumors about Jet Set Radio, and then uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this game, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, that came out a few months ago. I have not. Okay, so look this game up. It is awesome. <laughs> uh, so again, it's called Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. It's from an indie studio, but they got Hideki Naganuma the composer of the Jet Set Radio series to come in and write some music for it, as well as Tumelo, who wrote a couple albums that were basically like inspired by the music of Jet Set Radio. He got a track or two in there as well, and it's very JSR-esque in nature. You're like skating around and graffiti tagging the city and, and whatnot. Uh, cell shaded graphics and it is apparently very awesome it's like that game comes out does really well it's sitting at overwhelmingly positive on steam and it's on every platform imaginable and so then sega's like oh yeah we're bringing back jet set radio guys Sega. like oh is that all it took <laughs> that but it's smart though that's smart for them to do that you know capitalizing on something that's doing really yeah. really well and they're like hey we kind of had the original thing that's kind of based off of it so, so here you go uh, here we'll you bring go. it back <laughs> Y'all want it? Y'all get it. 
It's like, well, we've been <laughs> saying that for 20 years. That's what it takes. That's just what it takes. It's something to get popular again. They're like, company, big companies are like, let's do it. Let's, let's just do it. do it. Put the money into I it. I know they've been asked for it for 20 years, but we're doing it. We didn't think it was a good idea 20 years ago, but let's uh, do it now. Let's do it let's now. No, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully they can, I don't know, bring back Jet Set Radio Future. I know they don't like it as much, but I'd love to replay it on PC. I'm telling you. I was kind of looking at the little trailer you're talking um, to the... Um, stuff for it. It kind of like has. I don't know if you guys ever played the old school Dragon Ball Z fighter games. It kind of has like that feel to it, but you're but also mixed with like yeah. Tony Hawk, right? You're not fighting, obviously, but like the graphic style is like that with kind of like a Tony Hawk feel almost, you know, with like skateboarding and tagging stuff and stuff like that. Kind of excited. Yeah, Tony Hawk. That's such a throwback. And that is the, such a throwback. The remakes of those are so good. <laughs> Have you seen where he like posts on Twitter where people don't recognize him in public? It's kind of fucking amazing. Oh, that's the best. They're like, hmm, Anthony Hawk. <laughs> you know, my son really loves those Tony Hawk video games. He's like, no, you don't say. <laughs> Man, who's who's Tony Hawk? I've never heard of him. Can you explain what your kid's talking about? <laughs> you know, there's a there's a skateboarder named Tony Hawk. You ever heard of him? No, no, I don't know him. <laughs> He's so humble. Love yes, it. I was just about to say that. He's such a humble human being. He's so famous, but yeah, he's helped like, so many kids yeah. be confident in skateboarding. So. He's yeah. easily the most humble badass it. to have ever yeah. lived. Like, yep. Yep. He's, he's awesome. He's somebody I would love to get on the show someday. Tony Hawk, if you're out there. It'd be incredible. Tony Hawk, if you're out there, hit us up. We hit would up. love to have you. I'm stamping that one. Yeah, please do. Tony Hawk, hit him up. It's incredible. This hot tub is amazing. This episode of Gamers and Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life is brought to you by us. The new year is here and it's time to follow through on those weight loss resolutions. Wait, you didn't already cancel your gym membership after the free trial, did you? I seriously hope not because the Hot Tub Gamers merch store has everything you need to kick your workouts into high gear including t-shirts, fleece joggers, sports bras, jackets, water bottles, and more. Visit beacons.ai slash hot tub gamers and click the merch button to get your official hot tub gamers gym gear. There's nothing better after an intense workout than a dip in the hot tub, so uncancel that membership, grab a pair of fleece joggers like I did, and move your body to start 2024 off right. See you after. This this whole show has been amazing. This whole episode in particular, like guys, I I could keep this going all day, but I know yeah, lunch is definitely coming up, and I'm sure we all have places to be. So knowing that, how have games left an impact on you? So like not even Merc Clan because we've we've covered that a lot. Your your day jobs or you know like the your family now like how would you say gaming has influenced what you do from like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep i mean really i would say that it kind of goes back to my story that i was talking about earlier of what it did in my young life that really impacted me as a as an adult right because the people that i met it wasn't the game the game brought us together right the game put us in the same place at the same time and that facilitated our our time together and building our relationships which 
again, you know, it's kind of hard not to talk about the Merc thing in the same breath because that's ultimately where it's led is the gaming has put us in a, a situation and put me in a situation for success, not only in just personal life, but now in this industry that we call gaming. It, it, simple things, simple things, just being able to escape the reality of life. Life in general for everybody is tough. Everybody has trials and tribulations that they go through. It is and if you haven't had that, and if you haven't had trials and stuff, they're right around the corner for you. I promise you, at some point throughout your life, you're going to have things that happen that are going to put you in, in, a, in a world of, wow, what do I do here? Or, man, I didn't expect this. Or, or how, how do I overcome what I've, I've got in front of me? Even the richest people in the world have the, some of them have the most problems. So it, it doesn't matter your, your economic background, your, your social status, your ethnicity. It doesn't matter. Everybody has problems, and gaming as a whole should be a great outlet for people it's it's really it's free therapy it's free therapy that costs you absolutely nothing so i think a lot of it stems from my young younger childhood that helped me develop into the man i am today and that was just turning on a console that is awesome i think recently for me my wife was not a gamer when i met her she would play like halo or fortnite here or there but i think when we met you know she kind of was like oh gaming's cool and then she really found a niche and i feel like for her it's become like she loves playing disney dreamlight valley that's kind of like her go-to like when she comes home um she'll get on that uh, in a discord call with people and just kind of hang out so i think seeing my wife really find the joy and a passion for like a hobby that she didn't even know she had right she didn't she didn't know anything about gaming just kind of turn on you here there a few months and now is really like become her life right not like complete life obviously but her outlet like Dakota was saying, for her to get on there and hang out with some close friends that she's made in gaming now. Um, get in the lobby with them, talk to them, play Dreamlight Valley. I think that's the coolest thing for me to see is to see her really find enjoyment in gaming and something that I enjoy as well. For me, I, I kind of eat, breathe, and sleep Merc. So it's cool to see that I've got to, you know, mend my two passions together, helping people in, in gaming. And that's just a personal testimony, like, you know, helping my wife find that. So... You have kids yet? We do not actively trying yet. So, what do you think is going to be the first game you introduce to your kids? Ooh, man, <laughs> that's that's because there's so many good ones. But I think Banjo Kazooie. Oh I think God. you found <laughs> the answer. That's awesome. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah, Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> I think that that's a great great game for a kid to play. Great story. Love the background and the story behind it, and I think it just is it's amazing for a kid to play either that or Spyro. <laughs> Um, Inspire would be a great one too. So, the the amount of love we've given to Rare in this episode, though. But yeah, shout out Rare and um, hey Nintendo, give Grant Kirkhope the credit he deserves for the Donkey Kong rap in the Mario movie. (laughs) Jesus, that just that was weird. Like I love the Mario movie, but (laughs) the fact that it just said DK rap from Donkey Kong Country sixty four, like ow. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the movie was surprisingly good. It honestly was. I had it a was. lot of fun watching that. It was. Just as a gamer watching it, right? Yep. A lot of nostalgia, a lot of little Easter eggs if you were paying attention. So, Dakota, what about you? I'm kind of interested to hear this this answer. <sighs> I don't know if it would be, I don't know if it'd be Call of Duty. <laughs> it would probably be something like a little more like Fall Guys. Fall Guys is a fun game. Uh, it's a little more colorful mm-hmm. for a young child. Now as my teenagers get in there, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to train them on some Call of Duty. But my problem is I'm going to have to take blood pressure medication because if they're not doing good, I'm going to I'm gonna get frustrated. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, that's... 
That's always the thing, isn't it? Is you're always trying to backseat game others and be like, no, that's not how you do it. I, I, do, I do the thing with my brother right now. We'll get, get in there, play Warzone, and he'll. I, I know, and, and it's no knock on him. He's just not up to the same skill set. He's, he's good at the game. He really is. But there's there's different levels to it, right? And, and if he he misses a couple shots or something like that, I kind of I kind of am a little hard on him. Not because I don't care. It's it's a fact that it's the opposite. I do care, and I want him to be successful at it and be really good. And so I, I kind of beat him up. But I'm gonna try to be a little better when I when I have children then. Uh, and put them in something a little more soft when they start playing. Yeah, definitely. Something something more cartoony. The cozy games like Stardew or Paleo Pines kind of come to mind for that. Mm-hmm. Even Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Mario? Ooh. You know, might, might as well start them right at the beginning of modern gaming as we know it was Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers was not my favorite first but it was probably my third game i would say third or fourth it was right near the beginning and i don't remember if i've ever covered this on the podcast but my first game was actually sim city oh yeah. man old school sim city old school sim city on an amber monochrome dos pc my first ever like game that I played was the American Idol that you could put on the PlayStation 2 with the microphones. Oh wow. Or like Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot yep. I played on like PlayStation 1, I think it was. Loved Crash Bandicoot. Crash is a classic, another good choice. Have y'all ever tried to play that now since they like remastered it? Have not gotten to play the remasters. It's so hard. The movements seem so crude. I'm like, I'm jumping. I'm jumping. Why am I not jumping? <laughs> What's so crazy about Crash Bandicoot is there really were no rules in place for 3D platformers at the time. So you get like the boulder segments where the boulder's coming at you and you're running toward the camera and you can't actually really see where you're going. It's like, well, we wouldn't know not to do that if Crash hadn't (laughs) done it. (laughs) So what, what can you do? nowadays if you're going to remake the game that did something that's kind of become a faux pas but wouldn't be that if it hadn't done it in the first place right crazy but yeah the playstation n64 era like all that early 3d stuff like revolutionary you know we wouldn't have the need for two analog sticks and and camera controls on right stick if developers hadn't screamed at Sony to be like, we can't put camera controls on the D-pad or, or the uh, the bumper buttons. This just isn't working. We need another stick. And Sony's like, okay. Uh, question for you guys, actually. What? Best type of controller out of all systems? The best controller? Mm-hmm. Well, keyboard and mouse, obviously. I mean, I'm partial to the 360. Okay. Agreed. Just because of the story behind designing the 360 controller is it's like Sega... Sega made a great controller with the Dreamcast, but then they canceled the Dreamcast and that whole crew needed something to do. So Microsoft was like, hey, why don't we hire these guys to make the controller for our next system? Because the original Xbox controller was not bad, bad, but my God, was it bulky. Much different. Much different, right. Much different. <laughs> so See, they I enjoyed hired... it because I, had, I have big hands, so that's what made me really enjoy the... Uh... Right. And honestly, when they came out with the mini controller, not the Duke, but like the one that came after it, that one was pretty solid. But, you know, then they hired the Dreamcast controller design crew and they're like, we want you guys to make the controller for our next system. They're like, "Okay." And honestly, they knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a little bit in our last episode, but the icon, the logo for this show is the 360 D-pad. That's so cool. So I'm partial to the 360 controller. 
I don't hate the Xbox One controller. It it's just you know now controllers are kind of all normalizing. There's there's sort of just mm-hmm. this standard design for like this is how the hands should sit. This is where the index fingers go, and then you get your thumbs on the analog sticks, and we all know they're gonna be divoted in because you know otherwise they're gonna sweat and fall off playstation's pretty much shown that so you know pretty pretty much all controllers are kind of the same at this point which is sort of weird to say but also like yeah i get it they almost should there's definitely a science behind it i would have to say the n64 controller Mm. the reason why is you have like the rumble packs that you could add to it oh my god i forgot about those yep you had so many different attachments that you could plug into your controller it was crazy and then they started coming out with the iridescent like see-through oh controllers. Oh my god! And, and then the I'm so nostalgic for <laughs> see-through plastic anything. I'm sad. So Valve just came out. There's a limited edition OLED Steam Deck that's done in that kind of plastic, and I really want it. I love it, man. I love it because you don't see that nowadays, right? That, that that was like the fun of it, like having all the different attachments to your controller, and it, which I know it's is bad because like you're putting that Rumble Pack on that's super huge and it's like weighing down your controller, but at the same time it's just fun to like have those iridescent colors and the see-through and almost like individuality, right? Because then you could go get like a see-through pink controller like or see through hot neon green controller and and match your n64 to it i I miss that i miss the individuality of like being able to go do that which and i know there's like controllers nowadays you go to target and they have like different colors and everything else but give my see-through stuff back man yeah totally but even like i feel like if you go buy a third-party controller nowadays like they're not as good i don't know i go and i buy like the controllers whenever i have to replace mine or I need an extra one because I'm so afraid to buy a third party one that looks different although I want one Mm -hmm. it's just like I don't trust the quality of it yeah you guys are gonna hate me for saying this I love my joy cons on my switch I don't hate you for saying that but I'd be more inclined to have a pro controller in my hands Mm -hmm. At any given point. Oh my god! But like, I could take my switch to my to the mm. gym and walk on the treadmill with my little Joy Cons <laughs> and just have a great time because all other controllers feel like so big in my hands, and I don't like right. love them. <laughs> talk about N sixty four. Like, I love my N sixty four days, but that controller was massive. I felt like I had to move my hands on it so or hold big. the middle of it, and like, You've, yeah, you, you, your hands had to go into completely different positions depending on what you were doing. That aside though it was always comfortable no matter right. where your hands were because they had those three the holders on the bottom right so if you do in the middle you got the middle yeah. one going with the trigger right there but then you can switch over to the sides and kind of play like a regular controller mm-hmm. it was a interesting design for sure it was unique and it's still unique to this day yep I don't know if we'll ever see another controller like that because, again, that era of gaming walked so that games today could yep, run. Yep. Oh, absolutely. They, they made a lot of mistakes. They experimented a lot. But I appreciate those experiments more than the, like, quote, settled science of games today. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're not going to get segments in games where the boulder is coming after you. <laughs> And you're running toward the camera. <laughs> you're not going to get controllers where you have to move your hands back and forth. Yep. They're pretty much all going to have a very similar design. The locations of the A, B, X, Y buttons mm. may be swapped. Or they may have their own symbolism on them. But 
uh, overall, like it's it's all gonna be exactly the same. Yep. And you know the the systems themselves are all just PCs now. Yeah. For the most part. Yep. That's really what it is. It, it, it like Xbox with integrating Microsoft, like obviously Microsoft owns it, but like integrating Windows into it, right? It's becoming where the console is gonna be more like a, of affordable PC. Um, so spending like you know fifteen, two grand, three grand, whatever you spend on your PC. I feel like they're trying to make PC gaming more accessible to everybody. Um, at like a, a mm-hmm. cheaper cost, you know. Yeah, totally. You still don't get the experience that you get when you get PC gaming, though. Can you I'm imagine saying. if we ever see the day when the consoles actually catch up to like? Oh man, that'd be wild. crazy. Wild. We've always, I don't know, as a PC gamer, I feel like you've always been like, PC is the master race, and, like nothing else is superior. But yet, like I still play games on other consoles because I don't know. Mm-hmm. feels well you know what happens is a new console generation comes out so you look at like xbox series or playstation 5 so graphically they were ahead of pcs for about a year mm-hmm. and then the next generation of ray tracing graphics cards came out mm-hmm. and so then that all evened out at that point and now those consoles are going to start slipping graphically but like gameplay wise they're all going to be equal from this mm-hmm. point on unless you are like me and you're a keyboard mouse superiority <laughs> type like even in gta i keyboard mouse everything except for helicopters <laughs> helicopters are just impossible on keyboard like don't at me uh There's so but, many different buttons you have to hit <laughs> so many different buttons and like imagine like i'm not but imagine if you were on a 60 percent keyboard right and you didn't have the numpad with right you. oh god <laughs> just there's no way so there's always a period where consoles are like slightly ahead of pcs and then within six months pc tech catches up or surpasses consoles and then it's really a matter of developers putting all their focus on making the console version as good as it can and then bringing more features to pc like what's going to be happening with gta 6 or you know kind of making a version that goes across the board and theoretically one of those versions is going to suffer in the process usually the pc version just because there's no way to test on every single combination of computer right yeah there's too many pieces of hardware that date back 30, 40 years now, even. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I guess, like, talking to your clan in Baron's chat right now, I would be curious about, like... So I know you guys do focus a lot on FPS games, and you guys have a big group of S- FPS gamers, but talking to Queen Succubus in his chat mm-hmm. is with you guys... It sounds like you guys also have some cozy gamers as well. We do. So talking about your community, like what else do you guys feel like you kind of cater to in that? I don't think there's anything that we, we really leave unturned. I think that we have so many people with so many different unique play styles, not just the in-game stuff, but just different personalities in general, right? It's kind of one of those things you have people who play sports games, you play Call of Duty, or, or you play like Dreamlight Valley. You know, you get into these things where it's kind of a genre that you stick to or you play and it's kind of a soft game. And, and some people are really after those FPS shooter games. A lot of our community really just plays whatever, right? Whatever people are playing that day or that week or that moment, they find somebody that they kind of get along with. I know I have personally tried new games i'm not a real big variety gamer i stick 
to a few games, five or six at most. But, you know, doing the stuff with Merck, I have kind of like, hey, I want to go out there and play with you guys, interact with the people who are representing our organization and spend time with them in their setting, in their element, kind of just making those connections, right? Doing what we set out to do, which is making everlasting relationships key, just playing whatever we can play. Yeah, like I kind of, so I love horror. <laughs> I'm very big horror buff. And watching Dakota play Phasma <laughs> yeah. for the first time. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's always fun to see people play horror games for the first time. I got pulled into Lunch Lady. <laughs> that was my first horror game ever. And people kept shutting doors on me. And I'm like trying to follow them around because I don't know what's happening. I'm like, I'm going to die, y'all. Stop shutting doors on me. <laughs> Dakota was running away from that ghost. Well, he's like, how do I get in this closet? Yeah, I was like, let me just stay in the closet the whole game. Let you guys solve the, the mystery here. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. No, I feel like sometimes as a variety streamer or a cozy streamer, like I don't feel like I belong in a lot of communities because I don't always play FPS games. Like I'm down to try stuff, but it's not my focus. So it's amazing to like talk to your team and clan in his chat or in, yeah, in Baron's chat and hear that everybody is like all over the place with their games and now listening to you guys talk about that. You try stuff with your clan so that you can be a part of all that too. Like that's that's unique and special and very inviting yeah and uh, my chat is particularly <laughs> wild today <laughs> yeah they they wilding out they really are it's cool to get to experience different games too right so i love different like uh one of the big games i play right now is uh starfield so i just get in a ship i i turn on music and i just kind of float around like star lord you know just like float around hmm. in space and just jam out to music so but i, I love experiencing different types of games i love broadening my horizons because i did start you know a lot of F fps games like halo cod um stuff like that but i've always uh, fallout is my top all-time like series i love fallout and so with bethesda i just i didn't really it's, it's funny watching that because you kind of have these two spectrums right you either play elder scrolls or you play fallout like you know you can kind of branch into the other one but at the same time you kind of have your legs <laughs> right but i just love bethesda in, in general and i've been loving starfield um so much just getting that experience, just floating around space, going to these different worlds and exploring and, and find different things. At the same time, I love I love building cities, which is funny that you mentioned SimCity because that was one of my top games too because I'm very creative, right? So um, I'll get into these, like, Starfield and start building a base on a crazy world that, you know, is out in the middle of the solar system somewhere, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's it's cool to experience that and, like, get to get in the voice chat with, with members and, you know, we may not necessarily, we may be playing a first person game, right? But, or a one person game, but we're all on a, a VC together um, and just hanging out and just talking and just, you know, shooting it, shooting it up with each other. And it's just great. It's just great to, to get to know people. Agreed. Like I'm pretty much an extrovert myself, but you know, I, I always find it a little intimidating when I join a new discord server yeah. you know I'll, I'll see people in voice chat and I'll be like, uh, do I join them <laughs> or am I going to be like the, the weird like outcast at the party kind of just like awkwardly walking around with the drink in my hand like oh! hey what's up you kind of like know like one or two people at the party you kind of hang around them a little bit but you're still kind of the outskirts yeah so i'm the type that always feels better like whether it's a party or a discord server to go in with somebody else that i already know right. so that i can you know sort of merge into the introductions a little bit better there's a strategy to these things one thing about our servers which is really really cool and like we've kind of noticed people have said hey this is different is as soon as you join like people are saying hello to you um they're asking you questions mm. like what do you like what kind of games you like 
um, stuff like that. We've done a really, really good job because we building the server, we really took that into account. It's like a lot of people will join a server and never get a hire yep. or never, never get welcomed or, you know, so they kind of just sit there. They just kind of sit there. They don't get involved. Um, we didn't want that. We always say that Merclan is for everybody. Um, so it's they, they'll join the server and instantly you have like five or six, seven people saying hello to you, asking you questions, like getting to know you at the end of it. And then that turns into, you know, getting in a voice channel with them, like hanging out. We've had um, one of our community advocates, actually, she joined and was very, very shy. She wouldn't talk very much. Um, here or there, she'd say something and everything else. And then um, one day we came to her like, hey, we think you'd be a great advocate. She, she was always saying like, she has a heart for people and like what they're going through and stuff like that. Um, so we offer the role and since she's had the role, she's like come out of her shells, talking in discord, talking to people, like um, getting in voice chats with them, hanging out, like to the point where her dad's like, Hey, what is this? Cause her dad plays call of duty. He's like, what is this? What is Merclan? You know, and getting her dad into the <laughs> server, you know, like to where he can now have people to play with and enjoy. Cause we have so many different aid ranges. Like we have some of our admin is 56. You know, and he, he games. You know, that's what he does. And so... Awesome. There's hope for us all. <laughs> for Seriously, like, it, it's it's crazy to see. And, like, that's what we are talking about with our whole entire hashtag, more than gaming. It's it's beyond that. It's it's about making friendships and relationships and, and having those lifelong people in your life. It's great that we have so many different age ranges and different types of likes and, and different likes of gaming. And it's just incredible. We, we have people that don't game very much but love content creation, right? So um, for them to get in there mm-hmm. and just have people who enjoy content creation and talk to them about it. Like, hey, I'm, ha- I'm struggling with this. And, like, you'll instantly get, like, three or four people answering, like, trying to find, que- like, answers to their questions, right? Um, together because they love content creation. It's just, it's just really, really cool. That actually brings up sort of a practical question on my end. So, so you're a content creation based clan. What do you guys do in terms of cross promotion of content? Do you have sort of a central repository of uh, like social accounts that posts everybody's content and links to it? Or do you just kind of point to your members and be like, look at their stuff here and their stuff here? Like, how do you manage that because you have a lot of members we try to we try to sprinkle a little bit throughout the socials right we try to highlight people one thing that we do especially when we do montages or anything like that as far as content that we produce we give shout outs uh, to those people that are in that content or involved with it whether it be their clip or whether they were a part of you know somebody else's clip whatever that may be as far as you know streaming and streaming uh, or streamers what they post and, and as far as their links and stuff we have different things on our discord self promo um, also social stuff so they can kind of network amongst themselves and, and we post on twitter we retweet things and try to try to kind of continue to push people who have to get the positive message and who are who are super active uh, amongst the discord i tell everybody if you're going to be there's a difference between being active and proactive right if you're going to be proactive in what we're trying to do and trying to build uh, that's the best way and best path for for the highest level of success here at merc because you can't go out here and, and just post somebody you know if we went on twitter and posted somebody's stream who streamed uh once a month and just doesn't really they're not really invested into what we're trying to build they're just kind of here and you have those people let's let's just be kind of blunt and honest about it you have those people who kind of come in with ill intentions so we have to be really careful in how we orchestrate posting stuff on social media and, and with our content especially like our streamers we have you know contracts and different things that allow us to use their content and stuff that protects them because we want them to feel loved and protected too uh and not just kind of thrown in and like oh well we're just going to post whatever we can no it, it, you should have you have your own rights and, and different things that you need to have uh, as well for your content and what you're trying to post and put out there on social media yeah 
one thing that we do as well is like we have our advocates, um, stuff like that. We have staff. Um, so we have different different roles in the in the Discord and. And a lot of times we, do, we try to focus on our on our members and what they do. So like a lot of them, we have a contract with Dubby um, Energy and, and a lot of them came from Dubby, right? And so they have like their own codes and stuff like that. We we tell them, hey, we have Berkland has a code. If you want to push it, you can. But at the end of the day, we want to see your brand grow. Because if you grow, we grow. Mm-hmm. We grow, you grow. That's why our whole tagline is one team, one brand, one goal. Enough. Exactly. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's organic growth is what it is. Instead of the follow for follow, which isn't really organic, we we try to stick to being that organic organization that grows organically, right? So um, one thing uh, when I was watching your guys' podcast with Magna, you had mentioned like FaZe Clan, right? Yeah. FaZe Clan, Optic, we, we've played against them. Like Dakota and I have played against them like back in the Black Ops Tuesdays when they, before they were even what they were. Um, they were just a they were just a cod clan, yeah. And what they what they had was a group of people that got together, friends that enjoyed making content and playing the game. Um, they had that family aspect, and it's grown to what it is now, right? And I and we look at them, and you know they're they're still pretty tight knit. But like I was watching a uh, podcast with with Faze Rain on it, right, with all the stuff that's going on Faze, and he said what what they lost sight of was the family aspect. We he's like we mm-hmm. like a lot of the OGs, we don't even talk hardly anymore like you know they used to have a group text um that they would text back and forth like every day talk to each other every single day you know and it kind of lost that because when you get into the business side of things it 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 can cloud that right you you can lose that it takes a lot to run an organization it takes a lot lot. yeah yeah it it, it's really really crazy and we don't ever want to lose sight of who we are and what our mission is like merc really stands for making everlasting relationships key so that's that's who we are um so if we get to that size we're still going to be a family. Everybody that joins Merc is part is, is family. We don't want to lose that side of of people. Yeah, it's about content. Yeah, it's it's cool. But at the end of the day, it's about you, who you are, and your brand. Um, we want to see you succeed as much as we want to see us us succeed as together. Kind of how we've found a niche in it. Like it, it's different. Um, we always hear people join and be like, "Man, you guys are so different. You guys are different than any other org that I've that I've been a part of, or a clan that I've been a part of, or um, because we care." At the end of the day, we care about you as a person, individual. Like, let's put the content aside. I, one thing that um, Dakota does, which is really cool, is he'll he'll take time out of his day at the end of the day to pop into all the different people's streams and to say, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, like sit there and watch their content. Or he'll personally message two or three people like every day at the end of the day, just checking up on them. I'll be like, hey, how are you doing? Is everything good? Like being involved in their lives at the end of the day. I mean, not a lot of org, org owners can say that. You know, you don't, you don't have the top president of a, of a org popping into lower streamers, right? Like you, you don't, you yeah. don't have that, but we pride ourselves in doing that, you know, cause we care about the person. And I think you really hit the like nail on the head with caring. It's huge. And it's so easy to like lose sight of that because of the numbers. And like all of a sudden you're growing and it's getting big mm-hmm. and you're reaching your dreams and all this is happening for your clan, but still bring, like reeling it back in and back to still being family and still caring about one another. Like mm-hmm. it's huge. I, I've said this before. We've talked about it multiple times, but I used to run a large uh, free company in Final Fantasy 14. We were upwards of 400 to 500 people kind of ebbing and flowing back and Mm -hmm. forth. I started a small FC because I wanted a a safe place for people to feel like they belong because I got kicked out of one for no apparent reason otherwise, except for like people just being mean and trying to be mean girls. Mm -hmm. And so I created a safe place and then we just got bigger and bigger and bigger and like trying to reel that back in and still caring about people is so hard depending on who you have next to you running Mm -hmm. 
those clans or those companies um, and trying to grow. And it really sounds like you guys are showing it in Baron's chat as well. You guys really do make sure that you stay true to that and you do really care about people because I'm sitting here watching so many people from your clan just showing support even like back and forth. Your yeah. whole clan has been lighting up my chat <laughs> yeah. all day. No. And I've got I've got a lot of shout outs to do when we when we reach the end of this. That's uh that's one testament to the whole the whole thing, right? Is the administration that's in place here at Merck their heart is all the same, right? We have the same mindset, and, and that's the only true way you can do this because you spend, I spend probably anywhere from 40 to 80 hours in any given week just dealing with Merc stuff. And I'm not talking aside from Big Dog as a person messaging members because he cares. I'm talking about business aspects of what we're trying to do, um, whether it be working on the Discord with Donald, whether it be going over agendas and different stuff with Sassy prior to our meetings and, and different things like that. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of time and energy. But most important to pair with both of those things, the time and the energy, you have to have the heart. If you don't have the heart, it will not succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that shows. It really shows because you watch these organizations start out like that and then all of a sudden shit happens. And like they lose yep. sight of that and they lose mm-hmm. their heart and passion in it. Um, and they just keep growing. Like I remember like we just accepted anybody, you know, because we wanted people to belong and have a safe place. But hearing you guys about your process as far as like accepting people, like it's important to go through that when you have something so precious and so special in this type of world Mm -hmm. that you got to protect it. So having a little bit of a process to go through to become a part of your organization and make sure that you do align is very important and that does help you protect that and continue to care and show that that's what you're going to be about when you come in here and if not then you're not for us yep that's we like to say you know merc is merc is for everybody but not everybody is for merc the second part to that. It's one of those things where our members, if you have if you have somebody that comes in and is going to be indifferent than everybody else, they stick stick out like a sore thumb, and it's really easy to kind of pick that bad apple out of the bunch before it starts ruining the rest. Really simple, really easy things. So one thing we take that a lot of people don't get to see on the inside, especially when you're dealing with the long hours that we have in meetings for administration. It's the grace and the love that we try to show people and give them an opportunity to help them change. Like, hey guys, or hey, this individual, this is what we got going on. You know, can you kind of explain, can we help you anyway to get you to the point where you're comfortable and you're not causing those issues because we want you to be a part of something. We don't just give up on people, that's not us. We invest time and energy into people. And yeah, does that take a lot away from the gaming? I probably get to game maybe 10, 15 hours out of the week at most. Mm-hmm. The other times I'm in meetings, I dealing with individuals, helping them with not only their personal stuff, but stuff with Merck, because there's so much to do and so much that we try to do to help them just as individuals. It really sucks when you have somebody that you invest a lot of time into, and it kind of doesn't go the way you want it to go. But it's part of it. It's part of the industry. You know, I've had this conversation with our members and our leadership team. This industry is very, very cutthroat. It's very tough. Some people don't have the same passion that you do. When you put your heart out there, you have to be willing to also in the same breath, have your heart loved, but have it stabbed at the same time. That happens. That's what this industry is about. And you can't let that change you, right? I had a story where I had a member, and just to be really quick and brief with it, I had a member that I brought to my home. I kind of helped them. They were a recovering addict. I was going to bring them to my home for a weekend, going to meet up, kind of just a simple meet up. Did that, allowed them to stay one night. Well, the next day they disappeared on me, right? They, they didn't call them. They were going to visit some, like their their family in the next town over. Well, that was on a weekend. We had booked a lake house for the weekend. Got to take them out. Kind of celebrating them, helping them because they had got over recovery just because that's who I am. 
Uh, I want to love on people that are a part of our organization. And I was taken advantage of. I had on Monday, I had like five different phone calls from my credit card company, different things about DoorDash that was used. So I had a big whole thing where I kind of got taken advantage of. But you can't allow those type of moments to callous your heart. Because if you do, it's going to continue to spread all over your interactions with everybody else who who really do genuinely care about what you're trying to do so don't have a callous heart that's kind of one of my my things i like to say if you're gonna if you're gonna do it do it be all in be prepared to fail be prepared to understand that it's okay to fail at what you're doing get up and try it again that's just super simple stuff be kind be kind yeah cost you nothing yeah it does it costs you nothing and like with what we do in order to be like this, spread positivity, to be kind, to be open, and to have your heart open like that, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability that not everybody is willing to have or is scared to have. And it's amazing to hear you guys be so vulnerable with us and also with your community. Like, you guys are idols now. I'm definitely looking up to you guys with like how you function because it's just, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would say you guys are definitely a clan worth keeping an eye on just in terms of your goals of bringing people together and giving everybody a good place to kind of come home to at the end of the day. And what should be a standard, honestly, in Absolutely. this industry. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. You know, and that's Mer- Merck's not even a year old yet. Right. We're not nine Holy months. Shit. Oh, my God. We're actually less than that. We're probably six or seven months into the organization side of things. So we are. Dan, could have <laughs> you could have fooled me. I think yeah, I was no. say two or three at years. least a couple no. of years. Which is which is crazy because no. that's that's where we should we should be where we're at currently. This some some clans or some organizations, even some of the big name organizations have taken them six, seven years to get to the level of success that we've had. And I owe that to our members. Our members have the heart, the compassion, and it's having the same parallel stories that we all share. And that's trying to have a better vision for what it means to be a gamer in this industry. Mm-hmm. If you look at organizations and other companies like uh, Soar and Method who are really, really huge. Um, one thing that I, I want to praise our members for, who are especially the ones who are here in chat today, just kind of enjoying what we're talking about. But all of us as a whole have taken and accomplished some great things. One being our Arma store stuff, our merchandise on there. We are in the same breath as those big companies now and actually have recently been placed on their featured store list with some of those companies who are massive, who have been taking and doing this this whole industry for 10 years and we're right there with them, not even in year one. Uh, and so it's really cool to see different things. And we have some big projects coming with Dubby that are really gonna shine a light again that'll be inside of that year one mark that some companies never even get that to that level of success ever. And it's just a real testament to the dedication of our members and our, our staff, our leadership team. I can't thank everybody enough for the countless hours and times that they put in because it's well worth it. And you can kind of see the proofs in the pudding. Yeah, I've, I did want to ask you about your merch store at some point because you guys have some nice <laughs> looking stuff up there. Yeah, how did your merch store come about? Is it just like print-on-demand stuff? Do you have a, a print partner for these kinds of things? Dedicated designers? How do you how do you operate? Arma, 
Arma is a company based out of UK. Donald actually showed me, DJ here, he showed me this company when we first started and made that transition from in-game casual clan to this organization that we now call and love Merc. Uh, it it kind of was one of those gray areas. I was like, ah, I don't know. I Do I trust this company? Do I not? And then they have done Phases jersey in the past and some other big, big brands like they do. Soar. Soar. I don't know if you know Soar and their organization, but huge, huge group. They do all of their stuff. And, and so we really have taken a lot of, I, I would say, the in-house stuff that we would like to have done and kind of pushed it out because it, it becomes a hassle. We still do in-house merch. That's really where we get some of our revenue from because we don't make a whole lot on the Arma stuff. The Arma stuff is really just to provide our members with the highest quality material and some really, really cool designs that we uh, kind of take pride in because at first we were like, eh, we're not sure, but we, 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 uh, <laughs> we were able to really, really hit our stride there with them. Like I said, that was such a big accomplishment this year because we didn't know how well the merch would would be received and apparently it's it's doing really well so yeah with Arma, which is really cool is they um worked with us on the design we gave them some of the ideas that we wanted worked with their designers that kind of stuff is was designed for them with our input on it they handle all the in-house stuff printing if there's shipping if there's an issue with shipping we don't have to worry about it because that can become a really big headache especially like taking time away from what we're trying to do focus on our members make it better for them we didn't want to have the hassle of like worrying about shipping and stuff like that so they're great they're a great company man jay's an amazing person so a lot of our people that we align ourselves with kind of have the same vision and goal right is to make a positive impact in the gaming scene so um, we take the people that we align ourselves with very very serious that they're not out there you know slandering or doing crazy stuff and and, you know because absolutely at the end of the day that tarnishes our image right if we attach our brand to your brand and you're out here wilding out and being crazy Great, great company. Uh, we do in-house stuff as well. I could have kind of mentioned a little bit is we, we have like sticker packs, t-shirts. We have a few t-shirts coming out with the hashtag more than gaming. Um, we're going to be doing some cool t-shirt designs with that kind of poking fun at it, like, oh, you're a gamer girl, like kind of taking that and flipping it, right? Being like, yeah, I am a gamer girl. <laughs> You know, like the t-shirts be really cool. Uh, same with like the younger and older generations. Be like, yeah, I am a gamer girl. What's what, what's up with it? You know, like, you know, I, I enjoy gaming, you know, really, really cool. So we do in-house stuff as well. One cool thing about us, because I, I know Magna, you were kind of asking like, well, how how you guys with the financing and stuff like that aspect? None of us get paid. Um, Dakota doesn't get paid. I don't get paid. Any revenue that we make goes back into the members for giveaways and and huh. stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, so we, we give it all back to the members because at the end of the day, they're the ones that give us our success. Obviously, one day it'd be great, uh, and we always tell people, people who have been there with us at the beginning uh, definitely are going to be taken care of when we reach that pinnacle or wherever we're going, um, but we we give back. And I always tell people, you know, we don't have a lot, but we have, we give. Well, aside from that, you know, it, it takes a lot to just run yeah. the day-to-day operations at Merck with the softwares, um, the different things that we have to have, you know, it goes down to the subscriptions that we have to have, whether it be for Discord, whether it be for Twitter, you know, all of those things kind of cost. B2B costs, man. Mm-hmm. All right, but like you said, none of us make a dime, including myself. I don't make a red penny for Merck and I don't, I don't want to right now. Uh, I think that my main focus currently and in, ultimately throughout the whole process even when those checks do come in it's going to be loving people like that's that's the whole process and what we try to do and you're like well how do you do it without making any money just gotta have heart right and and a passion for helping people which is the same as our administration team is really really what gives us the drive that's ultimately when you hear somebody tell you their success story and how something has impacted them there is no amount of money or price tag that you can put on that testimony that they just gave you. Mm-hmm. That's my payment, and I and I appreciate that. I'm, I makes me the I say I'm the richest man in the world all the time, and that's because I get to impact people's lives in a positive way. 
say your community i feel like is the richest in the world with all the love and positivity like <laughs> money isn't it you know like having that support and that no. love is truly what what makes that special what i back to what i was going to say is we've had those conversations right like hey what if we get a 12 million dollar deal with you know whoever because those are conversations you have to have right because at the end of the day it does cost to run it um stuff like that and one thing that dakota it's kind of like with his heart and everything he's like it's like yeah it'd be cool to get a 12 million dollar check and say Merkland did that, he goes, but I would rather take that $12 million and write a whole bunch of checks to our members and change their life. That's just Yeah, the question's been asked, you Mm -hmm. know, at some point, do you guys ever plan on going to the competitive scene with Call of Duty? Uh, Do we have the talent? Yeah, we we probably could. Uh, We could build a team easily with the mindset that we have, Uh, but it costs millions and millions and millions of dollars to do that. And I can't justify signing up to go and be a competitive Call of Duty team with a small group of people when I've got thousands of members who are looking at us. Can I confide in what they call home at Merck? I would love to just scratch that whole idea and i tell people all the time we'll never have a call of duty competitive scene and i know that kind of discourages some people and it boxes it into a corner but but that's fine i'd rather take that money when that time comes and we cross that bridge i'd rather take that money and change people's lives you can write a lot of ten thousand dollar checks and change somebody's life uh, with a million dollars so i would love to do that at that point when that time does come because i again i believe in our administration staff and everybody at merck that we will cross that bridge Uh, it's just a matter of continuing the growth and continuing to do what we're doing here which has been like like we've talked about in, in the first year very successful yeah, I mean, my my advice to you would really just be if the gigantic payday comes in, do yourself a favor and like cover your groceries for a year or whatever. <laughs> just like just like find one budget item. You're like, I'm going to net zero that. That's all I'm going to take. <laughs> and then the rest goes back to the clan because you'll you'll probably regret that later on if you don't. It's funny the other day, you know, I saw <laughs> so worried about what we had we had a big meeting this week uh, you know a lot of the things that we did with jt dunn and then um stuff we're doing with anthony over at dubby by the way if you haven't tried dubby dubby's great I'm, I'm not sure if we can really give that shout out but anthony just the owner of the company and, and kind of corresponding with him on different things has been a pleasure great human being uh to kind of get to know and get to chat with and talk but you know we uh we definitely have got such a such a great relationship with them about what i was saying i went to the store the other night uh, i was so busy worried about merc stuff and worried about my family and I, I go out there and I get everybody dinner and bring it home. And I, and I get back to the house and I'm like, I didn't get myself anything to eat. It's, Literally. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was wild. you know. Oh, just, and and that's, no. I get so worried and worked up about America because I want everything to be as best that it can be for our members. I've, I forgot to do quite a few things because my mind is always set on Merck and trying to get <laughs> things done for our members. Such a great idea you guys have going on here like the hot tub talk and just chilling. It's really, really cool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a nice vibe all around and it's just a nice relaxing way to spend a Sunday. Right. Honestly. Right. And I love that we kind of troll the people that are sitting naked on their streams and their hot tubs or partially naked. And like <laughs> we were joking about this the other night. And most of the yeah. time nowadays, not even in a yeah, hot tub, yeah. just in front of their but computer. We were joking the other day that like if people come in here and they're like, oh, like you're not, you're not in a bathing suit. Like this isn't a hot tub string. It's like, hey, hey, dude, it's okay. Come, come sit with us and like, we're gonna yeah, give you some so... love and some positivity. It's okay. <laughs> have we, uh, have we reached affiliate yet? Yeah, yeah, we did it. Let's go. Yes, Let's and go. Then thank some. you guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be shouting out everybody <laughs> who has followed. I love it. Shout out to everybody at Merck. You guys are awesome for coming out and, and just hanging out. I know that a lot of you have a busy yeah. Sunday and a busy schedule, but you guys are awesome coming through for, for these guys. They're great over here at Hot Tub Gamers. 
Yeah, that definitely was not our intention today, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate y'all for showing up like that with for us as well. For sure, for sure. You still owe me a paleo pine stream, dude. I still <laughs> owe you a paleo pine stream. I know, uh, I know, I know, I know. It's gonna happen. It's been it's been busy, and editing yeah. this podcast takes up my entire oh, week man. now. So. Nobody understands how much editing video. Oh my god, audio. Oh. Video and audio. Oh my God. Um, since you have that phone call, do we want to go ahead and wrap things up here? Sure. Since I DC'd and we all. <laughs> the, yeah, so we should pretty much wrap it all up here. Tell the people what you got going on, any shout outs you want to give. Uh, what's next for Merck? You know, let, let us know all the details. Uh-huh. I think the biggest thing is just shouting out our members uh, and, and everybody who is representing Merck, it's it's super important that we continue our, our goals and what we have set forth with hashtag more than gaming for 2024. Our 2024 year is really going to be marketing, putting our name out there for people to, to have an opportunity to be a part of a family and to have part in something that's as special as what we're trying to build here. Um, we're not perfect. By no means do we claim to be perfect. Everybody has their flaws. Uh, that's just the norm. Uh, but we're going to do our best to give an, an opportunity for somebody to have a smile on their face or to overcome something they have going on in their, in their personal life. Uh, we got some big things happening with Dubby, uh, some really big things, monumentous things happening with them as well. And who knows? Who knows what else is going to happen? We said the last two months of 2023, we were going to coast and kind of just enjoy time with the holidays. Little did we know that meant we were going to be wide open and have more more success than we ever thought. So <laughs> just shout out. how that happens. Exactly. Shout out, just, just shout out again <laughs> to, to our members um, and, and staff, the staff, leadership, everybody at Merck. They, they all play their part and they do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Uh, and they, they truly don't realize how much they mean to me. Uh, I wish I could have more hours in the day because if i did i would i would spend it with everybody at merc so that's what i have yeah um 2024 we're coasting i told dakota you're not allowed to say that ever again but uh, i was like you know what 2024 we're coasting shout out to dubby anthony heart for people and the people that is involved with his company um and shout out to the members uh we love each and every one of you we thank you um for an amazing journey that we've had so far and continue to do it together we love each and every one of you thank you so much also for you two feel free to join the discord and you know just hang out with people and find other people to game with and whereas i know you're saying you like to play cozy games like uh, literally my wife right now is in a vc call just playing dreamlight valley so that's awesome you know she we have so many people that you know just chill and play cozy games and talk together so yeah for sure thank you for that <laughs> yeah absolutely you guys are welcome like i said we're we're family we take that word very very seriously just love each and every one of you anything we can do for you guys let us know thank you i appreciate that i actually just got an invite from uh, nikki cheeks to come join the oh, discord so uh, granny <laughs> cheeks oh granny cheeks love her <laughs> we call her granny cheeks she's amazing amazing person so where can uh, where can the people find you and, and find out more about Merck Clan? MerckClan.com. That's M3RKCLAN dot com. MerckClan.com. Uh, socials, all of our socials are at MerckClan Gaming. Type that in, you'll find us. Um, we do stream as well on Twitch and Kick on the MerckClan channels with our stream team. We have a variety of games that are streamed on there with different people, different different personalities. It's just an amazing, amazing ride when you get into our stream team. So Awesome. Well, uh, from both of us here at Gamers and Hot Tubs talking nerd life, myself, Danny, and Kaylee, I, I want to give a shout out to everybody in chat who joined us for today. The live recording of episode seven with the fantastic leaders of Merc Clan over here. Guys, it's been absolute honor to have you here and uh hope we can bring you back at some point oh, in for the sure. future i loved it 
I love it. This is Danny signing off. And this is Kaylee signing off as well. Have a good one. You are listening to Gamers in Hot Tubs Talking Nerd Life, part of the Hot Tub Gamers Network. To support the show or to be a guest on an upcoming episode, please visit our Beacons page at beacons.ai slash hottubgamers or follow us on all social medias at Hot Tub Gamers. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review, especially if you enjoyed your time with us in the hot tub. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.